Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here today in this wonderful uh, Shabbat uh, morning here that we have here. <sighs> Did you see the solar eclipse, any of you guys at all? It was pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I walked out this morning and I'm like... The lighting was just odd. I knew something was wrong, and it was just like, but anyhow, that was pretty, really, really interesting. Um, and Ward took some cool pictures. See Ward, he'll show you some cool pictures that he, uh, he got of it, and it's an interesting situation, uh, how he, ha- the, the photos that he has. So, Oh, for, and I want to invite, or I want to say uh, hello to all of our online family. As you know, we're getting back into the groove uh, from Sukkot being back here in the building itself. And it's kind of nice to be in this type of shelter rather than out in the, out in the open desert, but it's wonderful. Uh, Living Messiah is our website, and those who donate and support us, we thank you very much, and thanks for being part of our family. Um, let, me, uh, let me open in prayer and then we can get the rest of these things. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, we give you great thanks, Father, that your words are true. All that you said, Father, that your character, that you're above all, you're unique and there is none like you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you give us to enter into your rest. Father, enter into your ways and be empowered by your spirit to overcome. We thank you again. And Father, we lift up uh, our, our friends and families and, uh, that are in Israel. Father, we lift them up. And not only them, but Father, there's so many other wars and things going on across this, uh, this planet and that we simply don't don't hear about but father we lift those up that are in uh, those situations that you will guide and protect uh, your people father wherever they may be and we thank you father that your love and your mercy and your words are true amen all right uh oh getting back into the things uh uh, I'll, I'll remind you again, uh, raise your hand if you have any questions or comments. We have two mics out there. That mic will find its way to you. And we ask just um, be on point of what we're talking about. And uh, let's, uh, you know, that's so important to keep on the subject because we're all learning together. And, and that includes, uh, I, I'm up here learning alongside with you you know this is just an awesome bible study and i hope you're coming across things that you have not in the past in the book of acts um so with all that being said again i want to thank all those who participated in, or were able to participate in sukkot and we thank the father that there was no injuries no big hurts or anything and everyone was safe and had an awesome time uh thank you father for that so what we're going to do we're going to begin chapter 18 
I believe we'll begin chapter 18, sorry. Oh, uh, but let's start our review here in Acts, because I think it's good to ha always have a review. It's been, what, two Shabbats. Let's have a review so we get this Acts back in our mind as we're doing this study. So what I thought was this. How about let's start with a trivia question, okay? <laughs> All right. So, and this is the trivia question, okay? You shall receive power when the set-apart spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in blank, and all of blank, and blank, and to blank for 10 points. Let's do it all together. The first one, you shall be witnesses where? Jerusalem. And you sh and in all of where? Judea <laughs> and and this one to the ends of the earth awesome I believe in the we did have a trivia down there it was the double dippers who overtook the warriors I believe so so what's that not by much, no, not by much. But that was a fun time, and I really appreciated doing that with you guys. But this ultimately is, is what we see happening here in Acts, okay? One thing is there's no different then than it is today. I do not see any difference. The ultimately, we have uh, the Creator's good news, right? His word, His ways, and one theme that seems to be there is it will always cause division. It causes division in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. And what that means is His ways, His words, who He is will cause division cause division so for getting to Acts 18 let's just summarize these couple verses here uh, to to get the feel of Paul and what's going on so here Paul is saying for in him we live and move and and are as also some of you some of your own Poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now then, since we are the offspring of Elohim, we should not think that Elohim is like gold, silver, or stone, an image made by the skill and thought of a man. Truly then, having overlooked these times of ignorance, Elohim now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has set a day on which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed having given proof of this to all by raising him from the dead. And hearing of the resurrection of the dead, some indeed mocked while others said, we shall hear you again concerning this. And so Shaul, Paul, went out from among them. But some of the men joined him uh, and believed. Among them is Donorius and uh, uh, the 
Arapite and a woman named uh, Damaris and others with them. So what we have here then, what we, we left off with Paul, he was in Athens, okay? He was in Athens not allowing modern, the modern day philosophies have any weight or comparison to the faith and to his God, the God of Israel, okay? And when I was putting this together in this review and just various things going on, things come to me that I'm going to throw out there just as thoughts, okay? But ultimately, I think one of the major thoughts I had, let not the narrative of man change your focus on him and what he asks of you. Especially in this day, we got all kinds of narratives out there. Okay, and they are tuned, they are customized for your ears coming from man. Okay, but what we see here, Paul, and I don't think there's any big difference here. Paul, he's in Athens with these philosophers, okay, the modern ideas being you know, out there, the narrative that they had there, you know, with their gods and, and what have you, right? But he, Paul, he stands firm. And he, interesting, he even uses their own writings, as you saw, um, of that, the modern day's uh, philosophers, even to make his point, okay? And I believe we can do a lot of that as well today with our faith, okay? So what we have, Paul, he didn't waver. He didn't back down. Okay? He held to the reality of basic biblical truth and didn't spare anyone's feelings in the meantime here either. I don't believe he was mean or condescending. Okay? He just spoke the truth and stuck to it, he didn't waver. And this idea, he didn't spare their feelings. It's, uh, he said there, truly then, having overlooked these times of ignorance. <laughs> so in reality, he didn't spare their feelings. Like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool what you got. No, it's ignorance. You know, and he, I believe he did it in such a way, held up the truth, called them in some ways fools for what you're doing or ignorant. Think about what you're doing. Think about your thought process. Think about the narrative that's coming to you all the time from here, here, and everywhere else. But, it, but he says, having overlooked these times of ignorance, Elohim now commands to all men everywhere to repent. So basically Paul, and maybe something we should consider, no middle ground here. Can we take any kind of middle ground here? No middle ground, no compromising with any who choose secular philosophy, a worldly view, or any other narrative of religion over the trust and the faith in our Creator, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
This is what I was getting out of looking at Paul again in this review. And I think that's very good for us, especially in the days that we're living now. Common ground then, this I would suggest in my thought process, common ground can only be found then in righteousness according to him. Righteousness, that's the only place that any of us can find common ground. I'm no big philosopher. I'm just simply thinking, no. The secular world or anyone else, even us, all of us, have to come to his righteousness. There's, the, there's where we walk with him, right? There's where we have relationship with him. So that's for everybody. And we shouldn't compromise on that. And I believe this is how Paul thought, and I believe how he taught, too. So I have this verse we should take in consideration with our lives today for sure. Listen to this. This is very powerful, reading this again. Do not become unevenly yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawness without Torah, right? Without the instructions of the Creator. And that fellowship has light with darkness. And that agreement has Messiah with Belial. I believe this has a son of worthlessness. Okay, I could be wrong there. I forgot to look that up. I'm going by my memory. Or what part does a believer have with an unbeliever? These are strong, clear statements. And what union has the dwelling place of Elohim with idols? The temple and idols, they don't go. They will not go. They do not go together. For you are then the dwelling place of the living Elohim. As Elohim has said, I shall dwell in them and walk among them and I shall be their Elohim and they shall be my people. Contrast that. Get the idols out of your house. Get the idols out of your body that surround this place and around you. If he wants to walk around you, keep it clean. Give me one second, Joe. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. Be separate, says Yahuwah. And do not touch what is unclean. And if you do that, then I receive you. Therefore, uh, and I shall be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says Yahuwah the Almighty. So you can see, this is Paul's thought process in this walk with Messiah, in the walk with the God of Israel. Job. Verse 17 it's therefore come out among them, be separate. We have divorced ourselves from this modern-day culture. 
And um, if the world goes one way, at believers, we are supposed to go the opposite way. We cannot buy into the culture the way it is. No, I, no, I, 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 I see that. Yes, I believe that. The one thing maybe I would add to Joe, uh, to that, is not necessarily going the opposite direction. You know, because one, I, I, let me explain. This word teshuva, to return, you know, repent, it's kind of interesting because you can be going one way and know that's the wrong way and turn around and go another way, right? But that could be the wrong way too. Uh, to me, what I find, or at least how I'm understanding this teshuva, to repent, is to go back where you came from. And it's like, what's that mean? We ultimately were to be in the image of Elohim, go back to where he first breathed his life into you, you, you know, go back to him, return back to home, to your true father, you know. That's the only I would add to that, Joe. Thank you. So what we have then today is uh, then... Spend your time wisely then. Don't get caught up in long arguments of things that really do not profit you other than maybe exalting yourself over one another. And we all have that ability of doing that. Okay? Uh, Valerie. Just a quick note on um, what Joe was saying and what you were saying about Teshuva is um, I was thinking about Revelation where it says return to your first love. Yes. No, very, very good comment. So what here in 2 Corinthians is, I think, a model, okay? And it's not nothing new. Think about it. This is the same from the beginning of Genesis. Like kind produces like kind. Right? An unbeliever will only produce what? An unbeliever. But one who obeys and believes in the Most High then should produce the same. One see, you know, one tree doesn't have, well, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but the concept is. You know, one tree should only produce one fruit. We should only be, I know we have to be in amongst the world, but start really thinking about who you hang around with. If the majority of your friends are secular people that have no desire in the God of Israel and all these things, if the majority of your people that you're going to be influenced and swayed that way. You know, I think all of you know that, you know. A good kid hangs out with the bad crowd. That's not going to be good for the good kid. Eventually, he becomes part of that crowd. So, and it also goes back to that concept. You know, Messiah brought a sword. Right? We talked about that. The Father's ways and then all other ways. There's the division. Because we 
I mean, we got plenty of dividing, divisive stuff going on in our culture worldwide. Everyone wants to divide everyone out, okay? And I agree, our Father dividing too. But we got to make sure we recognize what side of the sword we're going to be on and what place, you know, recognize the true division, I guess. So there is no mention of Paul being detained, arrested, or harassed here like all these other places up to this point. So he got a little bit of a break here. Normally he was running out of town, almost every place except here. But another thing to point out uh, that I think is very important. Here, Paul... um, is going to begin speaking to, let's say, the, the very first true Gentile, the way that word gets used. And what I mean by that, all other non-Jews from chapter 1 through 6, non-Jewish, right? From chapter 1 to, uh, chapter, 1 to chapter 16, had some kind of a relationship with the God of Israel, Okay? I think that's very interesting. They, they were out of the nations that entered the faith, but really wasn't considered uh, equals to their Jewish counterparts. Okay, We saw that friction going on a lot. And it was most of, the, most of that idea was, you know, one people above the other, you know. But the set-apart spirit has been showing to Peter, Paul, and the rest of them, showing that that is not the way of the Father and it's not the way of the Son. Ultimately, what is Elohim's true family? I like that term, family. What is Elohim's true family was always the same. The same things, same conditions. Messiah said so back in Matthew twelve, fifty. This is Messiah's words. Whoever does the desire of my Father who is in the heavens is my brother, my sister, and my mother. You're my family. When you do, when you do that of my Father, okay. So I think that goes out to anyone then. Right? Doesn't that, you don't have to be Jewish, but if you do the desires of the Father, you're one with Messiah. Messiah is one with the Father. Bam. Beautiful, isn't it? Pretty simple, too. If you disregard, then, what that is, then who are you? Are you a family member if you disregard those things? You can say that you are all you want, but it comes down to actions, deeds, and what you do. To call believers is interesting, let's say. To call believers at this time, this is specific, uh, Christians. That creates a very false picture and image of what's happening here. Okay? And I know this speaks to 
institutional theology, okay? But it's very important. Because to call anyone Christian here is just absurd, okay? Because what it does is it means that there's this kind of new religion here called Christianity, which was separate from Judaism or the faith of Judah, okay? And all paganism. And that is not the case. Not the case one bit from my perspective, okay? Eventually that may happen. We're in a world that, you know, you got Judaism, you got us, and then you got all kinds of paganism, you know what I mean? But eventually that would happen here, but not in Acts. I can't see so far that that has happened here in Acts, meaning there's no Christians in Acts. Whoa, what are you saying? Well, nowhere in the New Testament will you ever find such a thought either as the Christian church as we know it today. You won't find it. And I'll make this clear. This new sect that the faith followers, this new sect of faith that followed the Messiah, they followed what? What did they do? Some major things. They did the feast. They did the law of Moses. That sure doesn't sound like the Christian church. So you can see already the difference there. Now, I must admit, there must, there, uh, we do see that there are some cor corrections and changes in some of the traditions and the commandments of men, but no, no, no doing away with the Torah, the instructions for any of God's children that entered or will be entering the covenant. So you can see what's going on here and that's why i said you can't use this idea oh look at the new church christian church here no there was no christian church it was a, a sect of the best i can say judaism judaism has changed over the years too um, but it's what they were doing what they believed and that's fundamentally different than the theological ideas that all of us in one form of denomination from Christianity have gained. And that's why I think that's why you are here today, right? Because what Paul states here, Paul states that all were being called to return back to the Creator in Acts here. All were being called to return back to the Creator. Those of the faith and those who now will be entering, uh, and those who will now be, uh, will hear of the God of Israel for the first time, all are being called back. Even those who were in the faith are calling, return back some more. Let's put it that way. Those who knew and already had a relationship with the Elohim of Israel, the Jews, the Jew and those out of the nations and non-Jews are all being called. All humanity is being called back to repent. 
So what you see now with Paul is maybe an ex, uh, expanding to those who never knew about the God of Israel, the creator of all and above all things, okay? So that you see Paul start speaking to those people here. Paul states, though, judgment is coming for all humanity. This is important, or at least I'm emphasizing it. By, uh, judgment is coming by all, uh, to all humanity. That's everybody. By the means of the Son, Yahshua. Truly, truly, or truly, then having overlooked these times of ignorance, I know I just read this, Elohim now commands all men everywhere to repent. That's all men everywhere. Because he has set a day which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed having given proof of this to all by raising them from the dead. I repeat that because... Paul's not changing the narrative of the Most High either. And it's the same narrative that Peter had. Let me read back in Acts 10.40 what Peter said to his Jewish brothers. Elohim raised up this one on the third day and let him be seen. Not to all the people, but to witness those having seen chosen before by Elohim to us who ate and drank, drank with him. He arose from the dead. And he has commanded us to proclaim to the people and to witness that it is he who is appointed by Elohim to be judge of the living and of the dead. Same narrative from Peter to his brothers. Same narrative Paul had to his brothers. And Paul extended that same narrative to any that he talked to. To all the philosophers. To everybody. To this one, all the prophets bear witness. Peter, he's talking to those who knew Scripture. So he's going to add a little bit more there. A little bit heavier with them because... You knew of all the prophets witnessed concerning this. To this one all the prophets bear witness that through his name, Yahshua, this Messiah, everyone believing in him does receive forgiveness of sins. Okay, now we can begin chapter 18. That gives us a roundabout. At least I hope you understand, the, at least for me, the, the weight of some things that are going on in the text here. Okay? So we did this part. We did this part. Okay. Now we begin again. And after this, Shaul left Athens and went to Corinth. I've got to see my time. Okay. And he found a certain Udite, a Jew named uh, Achacus, born in Pontos, who had recently come from Italy, Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had, uh, command, uh, had commanded all the Jews or Udim to leave Rome. And he came to them. 
And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and was, uh, was working. For they were uh, tent makers by trade. And he was reasoning in the congregation every Shabbat. And one over both Yudim, Jews, and Greeks. And then Celia and uh, Timoth Timothy came down from uh, Macedonia. Saul was pressed by the Spirit and earnestly witnessed to the Yudim, his brothers, that Yeshua is the Messiah. So this is interesting how chapter 18 begins again. So there's a lot of similarities here. Mark. What I'd like... A little loud. Test, 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 okay. So what I'd like... What I'd like for our congregation to do is as you move through 18 and we'll go through 19 and 20, it would be awesome if we all highlight the cities. So right here in verse 1, it's Corinth. What is Corinth? This is where the letter to the Corinthians come in. Yes. And the reason we need to do that is because what are they doing in Corinth, where the Corinthians letter is? They're meeting every what? Shabbat. Where? And so when we see the picture of all these places Paul went, and yet we assume that they're, they've done away with these things, yet here in the beginning in Acts, they're meeting, assembling on Shabbat and studying the scriptures, which of course there's no New Testament. So I think if we read, I think there's eight different cities he goes to, which most of them are the cities that Paul, that, that end up having Pauline letters to. We need to see that what they're doing here in Acts establishes what they cannot be opposing in his letters because he's telling you right here what they're doing. Yeah. Thank you, Mark, because that is so true. Paul is where? Reasoning with Jews and Greeks. Now, that's interesting. First, like Mark's pointing out, where are they? They're reasoning in the congregation. Is that the church? The congregation uh, uh, on every Shabbat. Is that the church? No. That's the synagogue. And it's clearly, think about it. Paul, is, he's reasoning there with Jews and Greeks. Now, I have my twist on that part. I would understand this as Jews and Greek-speaking Jews or those already part of the synagogue in some way or another. They're meeting on the Sabbath, which is a practice that you see continually from all the apostles and Paul, every town, even when he was out of Jerusalem on his, you know, on his journeys, he went to the synagogue. He went to where the words of the Most High were amongst his brothers. So I do, uh, so he was reasoning in this congregation every Shabbat. He was speaking, drushing, speaking, hey, the, uh, about his father, about their father. Okay, I don't see, and to back this up, I don't see any, anyone going to this congregation, all right, unless it was already, already a regular practice for them, right? 
So the only people who are here be this gathering at the synagogue. Either they are apostolites, Greek-speaking Jews, or just plain Jews. They were there for a reason. That was part of their all their practice. There would be no foreign Gentiles that didn't know the God of Israel coming to this congregation. They had no desire to be there at all. Okay, yes, question. Uh, if Paul met on the Sabbath, everybody, does that mean that there was a synagogue in every city? Was it like in the... Was there a synagogue in every city during the Roman Empire age? I, I'm confused. A synagogue every... Well, yeah, it, yeah. I believe where he was going was established synagogues already. Yeah. You know, Jews were out amongst everywhere. They were dispersed many places. And the first thing they did, because they know their God, let's build a place for us to get together. Because they, they came out of Babylon... All right, and in Babylon captivities where the synagogue began because they didn't have a temple. You know, what are we going to do? We know we want to, let's meet together, okay? But that practice never stopped. Cool. You know, even here in America, synagogue, synagogue, you know what I mean? That's the place to meet. Yes, they were out um, all, over, all over the world. Cool, thanks. Mm -hmm. Mark? Also add that the other thing we need to establish here is if the first day of the week really was established in the Gospels the way the church believes, then Paul would have made it real clear here in the first time he goes to the synagogue, the first Sabbath, he would say, listen guys, God Almighty changed it. Next week we're going to be on the first day of the week. But no, he says every Sabbath he's yeah. there. No change by him is being made Sabbath upon Sabbath upon Sabbath to switch it to a first day of the week. So we see by example what's happening here that has established the truth. No, exactly. Thank you, Mark. And see, that's what I, I that's a very important part of hopefully your understanding. Because if you take Acts chapter 2. All right, because at this point, we don't see any new Gentiles coming in from anywhere, except that they were already part, they may have been non-Jews, they were already part of the synagogue in one way and believed in the God of Israel. So there was no new church born. You see what I'm saying? And we're in 18 now. No new day, no new changes to anything. Now, some of the issues might have been how to walk that out, the commandments of men, theologies of men, and, and that, that's going, we are going to have to deal with that forever until Messiah comes, okay? But it was never the Torah from Moses that was thrown out in any manner. No new church born. Okay, we, don't, we got Jesus and we don't need anything else. That's, that's not how they behaved in the New Testament. So why would we even think that? Uh, yes, sister. Um, sorry, I can't find the uh, exact scripture, but uh, during the controversy over circumcision, they said they, you know, they wouldn't, what, weren't putting that on the Gentiles, but they would be learning Moses every Sabbath. Every. So, you know, they were going to the synagogue on the Sabbath yeah. to learn more. Exactly. So there's this established I don't even want to say it wasn't a tradition. It was a commandment from the Most High. So it's a day of rest. Now, by tradition, they got together 
on that day, but it's a day of rest that is founded in the commandment from the Most High. This is the day. This is the day the Lord is made. I'm not even going to sing that to you, but what day is that? That's today. This is that day that he meant that you could meet with them. And it's, oh, there's so much in that. But but I want to continue on here. The other thing that I thought was interesting here, uh, Paul. I want to talk about Paul here, maybe uh, what he was doing. So he's out on the road, right? Um, And it says here he met up with uh, this couple who had, they had a business, okay? And it says in most translations might say tent makers, okay? But I looked into that word a little bit, so I'm going to give you some other things. I'm not going to give you any definite and exactly what that is, but the other options is kind of interesting. Uh, so it says tent makers. Also, I found with that Greek word, it also has this idea. It could just been that he met other leather workers that worked with leather because uh, uh, or saddle makers, okay, makers of harnesses, okay. Uh, I think in through the Aramaic when I was looking at it, it had this idea of a worker with rough cloth. <laughs> and the roughest cloth that we know of would be leather, so that makes sense uh, with that Greek word, <laughs> you know. So it is interesting in that. And some of the other things I thought was something to think about, you know, um, this is an kind of, where did he get this trade? Because remember, uh, some of the, I was just, some of the things I was looking, remember, uh, Paul ultimately was a university boy, okay? He was privileged. And now all of a sudden, he, he had to pick up this trade somewhere. He wasn't one of those that, you know, he was, he was high up in the Sanhedrin and his lifestyle. He was the rich boy. Okay, and rich boys, they don't normally sit down and do manual labor, that type of thing. Somewhere along the line, he had to learn that. That's what I'm guessing here. He learned how to work. Okay, so, and I think that's very powerful, just that, because most of us are working stiffs here, are we not? Okay, all right, so that's nice to know. Paul, we can relate to him because he learned to trade. He didn't take his high and mighty knowledge of being called by God, I'm over you. No, several times it talks that he worked. He was not not a burdensome to the assemblies and the places that he went. That's, That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, Ralph, uh, a good way to remember that, as you know yourself, your mom and I brought you up on a part of town that was known as the cake eaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'll, if you guys want info on that, I can talk to you later about that. But no, it was true. And you know what I'm going to add to that? You know, because my mom and dad. You know, uh, some might have heard this story. In the past. I'm sure my wife's heard this story. But growing up, I, we lived on the North Hill, okay? I, it, you know, it was a nice home. I, I thought it was great. It was wonderful. My dad, he worked down at Rockwell Steel 
town, you know. But later on, as I grew up and I had to go to school on the other side of town, I ran into other kids from the other side of town, and you're running around, I'm visiting their house, and I'm, some of these houses, man, these kids would just trash their own house. And it's like, didn't make sense. Um, but I'm thinking, eh, you know, poverty you know, or whatever, okay, when you're a young kid. But then I learned that they worked at the same place my father did, and most likely got paid more money than my father did. And it goes back to this whole idea of, uh, for me, it's like I learned a lesson. It's like, man, what you do with your money, how you were a steward with your money and those things given to you, I saw a drastic contrast. So that's in part what my dad is saying, you know. And dad, that's because of mom. Mom watched over things very very closely and we you know we had a clean house and a nice home and thank you for that but back to Paul and how he what I thought was very important here whether he was a tent maker leather maker or, or whatever one traveling he wouldn't he could have tools so he couldn't take tons of supplies but he had a trade and maybe some tools as you're traveling you know uh, he wouldn't be a welder because, man, he's got to carry a welding machine. You know, it's just inconvenient to be a welder and not be just in one place. So his trade doing that. So however that was. But Paul worked. And it wasn't just donations and handouts. Okay? And I'm saying that it's something to keep in mind even for your walk today. Paul is an example. And we all can fall on hard times and what have you. But Paul puts forth this image. Don't be a burden on your brothers and sisters. Yes, your brothers and sisters are there and they'll help you. But don't be a continual burden on your brothers and sisters. Okay? Paul did not do that. And I think that's, that's my thought on that. That's not living Messiah's projection. That's my personal thought on that. So with that, we got through five verses in chapter 18. Next week, we'll continue on. If there's any other questions or comments, I'll close in prayer. Got one? Woody. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks, Ralphie. This was awesome. And I was, uh, you know, coming fresh off Sukkot. Uh, if you go back to 2 Corinthians 6, and then it's 14 to 18 or whatever, and how the world can kind of, if you let it, infect your faith and dilute it and stuff. And I spent like 17 years in this big tech company and, you know, and all these other things. And I saw it happen with me. I see it happen with others. And coming off Sukkot, I'm fully convinced this is what. We, we joined you guys a year ago, and we just had our second Sukkot, which is awesome. In order to walk out 2 Corinthians 6, in any fashion, and by the way, I, I didn't even know he was quoting the Old tw Testament twice, and he does it twice in those four <laughs> verses. So that, hey, praise you, I finally get that, yeah. right? You're not taught that in, in the evangelical world. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying that I'm fully convinced if you're not obeying these feasts, if you're not doing Sabbath, 
Shabbat in, in, your, in the Word and discussing it with family and friends, then I don't see how you walk out 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18. Because he's going back to the Old Testament and really nothing has changed in what we're supposed to do. So I think going to Sukkot, you know, and Donnie, it was really funny on the Signal app, he was saying how he had P PTSD. It's like post-traumatic Sukkot doldrums or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and you just kind of have this hangover from it, right? Because we were there nine days, and it's really intense. And you, know, you learn a lot of stuff. And, and just keeping that day-to-day -day throughout the week, I just, I'm, I just, you know, what is this, 20 years now, Nick, just following Jesus in any way? I just, this, this walk of the way, I, I agree. I think the term Christian is, is a tough one to, to embrace anymore. But this walk of the way, the Hebraic understanding and, and claiming the name of God and actually saying it, Yahuwah, you know, Yotevave or Yehoveh or however you say it. And, and being observant of the Torah, and we know what Yeshua did, this doesn't make me smell any better to Yah. Mm -hmm. But still, I just don't see how you can, that Second Corinthians 6, and I've heard other pastors preach on it. But it's like there's this whole thing. It's like they're missing. The, it's like not being able to see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying they're not saved. Right? That's not my call. Yeah. And I'm not saying we're not supposed to witness to the world. But we are to really strip away a lot of the secular crap that has been hanging on to us in any fashion. Whether it's entertainment, TV, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, um, so I just, you know, this walk that we're on now as a family and with living Messiah and stuff, I just feel like it's, it allows me to even sniff Second Corinthians 6. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Woody. I think that's an awesome thing to close with. Let me close in prayer. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. Father, you're faithful. You're faithful to your words. You're faithful to you and your character. Father, we all stumble and we all have fallen. And Father, we, we need your assistance. We need your help, empowerment of your spirit. Father, we trust that you, Yahuwah, are the one and only, that you are life. Father, help us in these days. Help us. Help us in this walk. That's our desire. Father, as you know, you know our needs. You know how to provide, and please continue to do that. Father, we love you, and we're trying to love you more, and we're trying to be obedient more. Thank you for your mercy upon, upon us and all, the ch all your children who call on your name. We thank you again for the redemption we find in the blood of your Son, your very words that became flesh and dwelt among us, Father. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Good to be back. And we'll get back to Acts 18 next week. Shalom.